Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. When my daughter was 10 months old, we discovered that my husband had a massive malignant tumor and he had two autoimmune diseases. And so at that moment, I knew that my life would never be the same. Lisa Gable is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, presidential, secretarial, and gubernatorial advisor, U.S. ambassador, U.N. delegate, corporate executive with leadership at the highest levels of business, government, and military sectors, board member, public speaker, commentator, and public-private partnership expert. Lisa has served four U.S. presidents and two governors, counseled Fortune 500 CEOs, and represented global public-private partnerships and nonprofits with the end goal of moving organizations to higher levels of performance. She has brought together political parties, corporate competitors, and disparate nations to foster quality leadership, diplomacy, and results that better society and create sustainable partnerships and profitable business models. by the Wall Street Journal, committed to the facilitation of success. Lisa was appointed the first female U.S. Commissioner General to the 2005 Aichi World Expo and held the rank of ambassador. That's a big deal. She was a U.S. delegate to the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women in 2007, a commissioner of the White House Fellows Commission from 2002 to 2004, vice chair of the U.S. Department of Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services from 94 to 95, directly advising the Joint Chiefs and the Secretary of Defense, and deputy associate director of presidential personnel at the White House in 1987 to 1989. Her gubernatorial appointments include the Governor's Economic Development and Job Creation Commission for Virginia in 2010 and board member of the California State Summer School of the Arts from 97 to 2002. It is safe to say Lisa Gable knows a thing or two about building on skill sets to improve the likelihood of success. Lisa recently tacked on to her colorful career a successful four years at Food Allergy Research and Education, FAIR. She's also just published her book, Turnaround. After reading her book, I'd say turnaround process requires full transparency, honesty, and intense focus, which we'll likely hear today on this podcast. After speaking with Lisa for the first time, I wondered, could I apply her turnaround method to the life of a parent who's going through major life changes, like restructuring their daily lives and rerouting the family's future roadmaps to help their child or children thrive? I'm excited to challenge Lisa today and see how we can use her turnaround process to get us closer to the identity we desire as a parent of a child with food allergies, while also getting our child closer to the goal of whole body health and thriving with food allergies. Lisa, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. It's so great to finally meet you. 
This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to test your turnaround process out and apply it to our lives as parents of children with food allergies. And I'm excited to see what we learned today. When Ollie was diagnosed with food allergies, I made major career and personal sacrifices to learn about immunology while focusing on caring for my child to keep him safe. These sacrifices came during the pandemic with very little community connection. And as a result, it was isolating to try to learn everything all on my own. Eventually, I became emotionally numb and burnt out. From that point of burnout, I started to turn around, so to speak, my life to enhance the overall well-being of our family unit. I knew that my sacrifices and burnout were not benefiting everyone, so I began to map out what my goals were and what small steps I needed to take to make the changes happen. At the time, I didn't have a formal guide like you offer in your book, Turnaround. And while reading your book, I thought, huh, this could be perfect for those parents like myself who are grasping for ways to regain control over their lives, patch up their, quote, sinking ship, unquote, and restore their identity after the many personal sacrifices parents make on the heels of a food allergy diagnosis. So, Lisa, can you start by telling us how your method was developed? Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me today. The method came about because I had the opportunity when I left the Reagan White House to work at Intel Corporation. And I was working for the man who would become the CEO and chairman of the board. And what he taught me is to take Intel manufacturing processes, and you could apply those to solving any problem. And it was during a period that we called just-in-time manufacturing. Uh, We were really looking at reducing variables. That means that you were reducing all the different things that could change the dynamics of your ability to make the product in the most efficient manner and also the most consistent manner. And he used my talents to take that information and solve problems uh, related to government policy, to Intel's branding program, uh, to K through 12 and work that Intel was doing philanthropically. And so what I came to recognize is those steps really enabled me to have a process-driven approach to breaking down a problem, auditing it, and identifying a path forward. I combined that with what I call the art of diplomacy. And that would be the art that I learned at the White House under Ronald Reagan and the Defense Department as well as the State Department, where I had the opportunity to be a U.S. ambassador and a delegate to the United Nations. And my point is, when you're solving problems, you always have to remember that what you are doing impacts people. And the importance of understanding what's important to those individuals that are going to be impacted by the work you're doing, or perhaps they're impacted by what's going on in a negative way around their life, seeing the world from their point of view, and identifying a path forward that fits into their real world scenario, not yours. That makes me think about when the diagnosis happens, you know, and this is just talking about that specific situation. This could be, you know, any situation for parents going through, you know, a challenge or trying to figure out, carve out their own identity. But it makes me think about how does my energy and my mindset and my decisions affect my relationship with my spouse, my child's fear of this tolerance of this certain allergen or strict avoidance or even eating in general. There's something called ARFID, which is a fear and 
food avoidance, yep. restriction, et cetera, that we talk about on a post-traumatic grief episode with Rabia Karamali, who's a positive psychology instructor, um, and her son has developed ARFID or had ARFID. And so it's really fascinating that you think about that in terms of a business mindset and you know, career and also in your home life, it applies. So speaking of that, have you applied your method in your personal life? Well, I have from the standpoint that in any marriage, it's really important to be able to see something from the other person's point of view. You know, it, you, <laughs> you never want to convey a solution to whatever conflict you're having from only the world as you see it and only in the impact it has on you. That gets into an even greater difficulty when we're talking about disease. And as I mentioned to you, as we were talking before we started this podcast, uh, when I adopted my daughter, so we had already gone through my husband and I got married later in life, right into our marriage, we started the process of IVF, went through it multiple times, and we're fortunate enough to adopt a child. But right after that, my husband got very, very ill. And not only did he get ill, but he started having sort of a hesitancy to the way he was approaching things, which didn't make sense. He was one of the top product managers at Apple and had always been on the, the high road and the fast track in Silicon Valley. But it turned out that uh, when my daughter was 10 months old, we discovered that my husband had a massive malignant tumor and he had two autoimmune diseases. And so at that moment, I knew that my life would never be the same. I, I remember sitting in a parking lot at Stanford and calling my sister, who's in Maryland, and I'm crying my eyes out because I recognized that my life would never be the same. I had just adopted this child. My husband was uh, diagnosed with a disease that was not only life-threatening, but but even if he, he managed to survive the cancer, it would be life-altering. And I think for anyone who who has a point where you have, uh, especially those of us who are type A personalities, we've been running our way up the hill. We've got degrees from great universities. You know, we've got it all. And we're never anticipating that someone is going to hit the pause button and go, well, your life isn't going to happen the way that you want it to. And as you visualize your future, what you have to do is step back and understand that this is a moment in time. And it's the one thing I would stress to people. It, it is a moment in time. It's a pretty crappy moment in time. It may extend for a period of time. You're going to have to work your way through it. But what you want to do is keep your eye on how you want your life to eventually evolve. And so using my own methodology, as we, as we worked through the trauma of seven operations in two years, with a small child, I obviously had to step back, but I still had financial considerations, right? You still have to make money. You have to pay your bills. You've set up a lifestyle that you have to support. So if, unless you plan on selling your house and downsizing immediately, there are practical considerations. And the reality is you can't be perfect. You have to visualize your future of where you want to go. And you're going to start zigzagging your way there while you're making accommodations to deal with that family member. And to come back to your original question, which was, seeing the world from someone else's point of view. A lot of people are going to give you opinions. Nothing drives me more nuts than someone giving me their opinion and their advice on how I have to live my life. And my strong recommendation is ignore those people. But your spouse and your child 
you have to see the world from their point of view. They're part of your family unit. You are in this together. It's your family. You're going to have to live together. And so being able to, whether it's a diagnosis about your child, whether it's about a spouse diagnosis, is you have to you have to put yourself in their in their point of view and understand the world from their perspective and how this life altering situation has affected both of your lives. Yeah. Even now taking into consideration all these food allergies, but also, you know, my husband and I relocated, we moved from Miami to the DC area to be near family. And that takes a lot of courage when my husband's family is from South Florida. He's had an 18-year career there. We spoke briefly about it earlier when you guys came from California to Virginia and how that affected your family and how you transitioned. Um, We are still in that transition. So, you know, applying this method, I'm thinking, okay, we're we're about to get into the method and segue into that. So, you know, to apply, you know, what are my three jobs right now? Okay. Like what do I envision, how do I want to find my future? What is my future and the future that I envision for the next five years? You know, so take us through your method for the listener to help them begin to map out their future and carve out their own identity. Well, the first thing I would say is recognize again, that this is a moment in time. And you need to take time to deal with it. Sometimes what I see with women is that we will try to do it all, despite the fact that we've just received this very bad news. And that's what tends to get us in that swirling and twirling and spiraling position. And you don't have to resolve it all. So as we as we walk through this method, recognize you're probably going to have a long life. So therefore, your runway may be altered. Things may not be starting when you thought they were going to start. But at the same time, you have time. And, and that, to me, is the most important uh, piece of the puzzle that people tend to forget. As you mentioned, I, we did make a decision. My husband had seven operations in two years. Uh, and we began, and I reached a point where I remember standing in my living room crying and saying, I need to move back to Virginia because I didn't have have family there. My brother-in-law, who to this day is a wonderful person and key in our life, he was single at the time. I remember when my daughter had the flu and Jim was really, really sick having been in the hospital. And I just called John. I'm like, please just come take care of Helena. And she's vomiting all over the couch and I just can't deal with it right now. Can you handle her and I'll handle Jim? So yeah, you do make big decisions. The other thing is life doesn't always, you know, what is the Yiddish saying that man plans and God laughs? Life never is going to be that trajectory that you want it to be. And you are going to make decisions. And in some cases, you may move. And by the fact that you moved, it may completely alter the business dynamic in which you were operating. The industry that was your core competency for my husband was high tech and consumer electronics. That didn't really exist in the Virginia area. So we essentially left the community where we had the structure for the life we anticipated to move someplace else where we had to rebuild. With similar income taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Moving from Miami to Virginia is a whole different story. (laughs) Yeah. At least for California, the tax rate went down way lower. Yeah, that was a good move. (laughs) Secondarily, the um, cost of insurance on your house, which you don't know is you have earthquake insurance in California and fire insurance in California. And so literally, I do have to say the one benefit for moving from California to Virginia is that it was a lower tax base and also lower expense basis. I- 
I love Seed's PDS08 Pediatric Daily Symbiotic, and you probably already know that if you're following me on social media. I mix it with my son's daily multivitamin every morning in a beautiful espresso cup when I can to show him that self-care is a beautiful daily ritual. Also, because it contains the dual-phase prebiotic made of short and long-chain carbohydrates, it does take an extra moment to dissolve. This easy-to-use and sustainably packaged symbiotic, meaning it's a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic powder is formulated for benefits in and beyond the gut. It's the first children's symbiotic with nine probiotic strains clinically studied in a pediatric population for benefits across digestive, respiratory, and dermatological health. The pediatric daily symbiotic also supports easy, frequent poops, which happens to be my son's favorite topic. PDS08 even bridges the fiber gap with five grams of fiber per serving. It's a meaningful complement to a healthy diet. Also, it's reassuring to know that the product is free from sugar, artificial colors, flavors, flow agents, binders, preservatives, and if you're listening to this podcast, and likely most important to you, free of 14 classes of allergens. Seed is offering my listeners a 20% code towards your first month. Just head to seed.com backslash Emily Nolan and use the code EmilyN20 to get 20% off your first month today. Lisa, let's apply this process to the grieving, overwhelmed parent of a child with a newly diagnosed food allergy. Um, you know, give us the flow chart of what we need to do. You know, in the book, the, the four steps, just so you know, is visualize the future. Think of what you want your future to look like. Break down the past, which means auditing everything that's currently on your plate. And then building a path from the past, where you are today, to the future. That future, likely with food allergies or, in my husband's case, with diseases that would never go away, that becomes part of your future. Now, do you have to give up on everything, you don't. But what you do have to do is focus. And one thing I learned at Intel was focus, focus, focus. And at Intel, everything was about job one. What's the one thing we have to do as a company to be successful and gain market share? And in your own life, what you really need to do is focus on job one, two, and three. The other stuff does not matter. Other people's opinions about what you should be doing and how you should be doing it do not matter. What you as a family have to decide is what are the three most important things we need to do to just survive this week. And as a businesswoman or as a woman who may want to eventually do something else, you may be thinking about, okay, I can't do all the things I was doing before. Is there one thing I can do to just maintain my credentials? right? Is there, is there something I can do? I made a decision to step back from full-time work and do boards and commissions because what board work allowed me to do is board meetings are scheduled once a quarter, right? So if I did three boards and they each met once a quarter, that was a period of time that I could literally schedule my family, my mother to come in and help with my daughter for 24 hours why I got to go be Lisa Gable, the professional woman. But then I got to step back and handle all the other things in my life. So you're going to make some hard decisions and you're going to narrow your scope of what you do, both professionally and personally. And you're going to give yourself a lot of grace. Forgive yourself. During COVID, I kept telling people, no one cares if you do the laundry this week. You have 12 towels. 
if you get down to two, it's okay. They can all go in one washing machine together. <laughs> they don't each need to be done properly so that you always have a stack of towels mm -hmm. sitting there. You know, you don't always need to unload the dishwasher. Give yourself some grace. It's hard. It is hard. Thank you so much. How can the listeners follow your journey, buy your book, learn more about Turnaround and your methodology? Sure. Well, you can go and check out my website at lisagable.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as Lisa Gable Author and on LinkedIn as Lisa Gable. And I do answer the uh, messages that I get through Messenger as well as through LinkedIn. So if you have a question, send me a note if there's something you're working on. I really am keen on ensuring that I can help other women who are facing challenges. And yet at the same time, they went to school they developed a career path. They want to, at some point in time, reenter the workforce and just know that I've been through it all and that I'm happy to answer your questions. Thank you so much for your time and all of your wisdom and sharing your methodology with us. It was so helpful. And I just am so excited for everyone to hear this because it's different. It's 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 even different for me thinking of turnaround and applying it from, you know, business perspective, but also using that in your life and being able to transfer your skill set from work into life. Um, and so it, it is transferable. I, when we were considering this episode, I was thinking, I wonder how it's going to play out. It's kind of exciting to think like, oh, I can apply this into my life because I actually listened to your book on audiobook um, and I was, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, like job one, two, and three, silence all the noise, stay focused. That's what I'm focused on right now. And it's been so helpful in my career, but also when I'm home, um, away from the office, my phone is away and I'm with my family because job one is, you know, creating quality time with my family, obviously keeping my kids safe and healthy. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom and experience with us. Well, sometimes I think that God just put a whole lot of barriers in my life so that I could have moments to come back and make sure that other people didn't have to use as much migraine medicine as I did. <laughs> so I truly wanted to make sure that I, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to encourage you and let you know that it's really rough right now. There is sun on the horizon, and sometimes you are just going to have to go through that pretty nasty hallway, but there's a way of doing it and give yourself the grace to do it. Finding purpose through pain, right? Thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. If you're not ready to get started with Fear to Freedom, my pediatric food allergy course, I do have a pediatric food allergy essentials resource with a ton, I mean a ton of incredible resources to get you started on your food allergy journey and healing your child with food allergies. You can download that right now on emilynolan.com and get started. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social as well as any other friends and family that have children with food allergies or newborn children who may not have food allergies, but you know, may have the possibility to prevent it with this information. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It's a great way to give other parents of food allergy children some much needed hope and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug. <laughs> <laughs>